Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek SEC Football Media Day coming up here in a couple of days, so we're going to kind of kick this thing off early, and we're going to talk some football. But it's the ESPN FPI. I know you published a story to thecatspaws.com yesterday about ESPN's FBI and where they have Kentucky going into the season. And this is always a big topic in the offseason. Kentucky fans usually are like, we feel like we're not getting the the credit we deserve. I think everybody's flying under the radar, but seven and five. I, th- I actually think that's higher than most years. Yeah, it is. Uh, FPI, especially in the past, I want to say in the 2018 season, the uh, FPI, I think only had them winning like five games. I might be wrong on that, but uh, it, it's definitely not really been a big fan of Kentucky in the past. But yeah, you can go to ES, well, you can go to my story, click the link. Um, but yeah, on catspaws.com, I wrote the story, went through all 12 teams. Uh, a couple things that stood out, Sean. Uh, one, and you can piggyback off this. I have seen a couple of places. Uh, I was actually talking to uh, my buddy, Joe Masato, who, of course, you know, who used to work for SEC Country here in Lexington, but he works for the Oklahoman now. Barry Trammell, who's a columnist at the Oklahoman, goes through every year and ranks every Power 5 team's uh, non-conference schedule, and he had Kentucky as the worst non-conference schedule. And that would probably play out, especially if you use the FPI, because three of the teams at Kentucky pull one uh, can't even be in it because Chattanooga is an F- uh, FCS team. They're not included. But Kentucky plays the 124th worst team and the 130th worst team in the non con and on the schedule. So there are only 130 FBS teams in college football. So you're playing two of the truly the worst teams in addition to an FCS opponent. Yeah. And, and then uh, Louisville, of course, is a little bit higher ranked, but still, I mean, it's, you're basically playing one real non conference game. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, the non conference schedule is not very good. So there's giving them four of those wins. And then as you go throughout the SEC and stuff, and we'll go we'll go game by game and stuff with it, some takeaways. But before we before we move into that, Derek, uh, you know, breaking in a new offense, you know, breaking in a passing attack that we know we haven't seen at any point in recent years in Kentucky. We know they're going to try to throw the football, take some chances, and do some things like that. Overall, the the schedule, I think this is the year that it, it really helps. You're you don't have a Florida or someone there early in the first three weeks of the season. You don't have to travel to Gainesville. You have Louisiana Monroe to start this thing off, who the ESPN FBI gives Kentucky a 96.6% chance to win. And then you follow it, Derek, with I actually think that you circled this game as the game that I really think can define which direction Kentucky goes. And it's Missouri at Kroger Field. And ESPN gives Kentucky a 63% chance to win that game. Do you like the way the schedule sets up, though, for a team that's kind of trying to break some things in and get off to a good start where you're not having to go, you know, face a Florida or face an LSU or someone like that early on in the schedule? Yeah, I do. Um, obviously, with losing Monroe, you're playing a team that did not win a game last season. They had one of the worst defenses in the country. Uh, they gave up something like 42 points per game last year. So, of course, teams can make improvements, but, you know, th- this is a team with a new coach. Uh, they do have Rich Rodriguez, who most college football fans are, are going to be well aware of who he is. He's the offensive coordinator now. But still, I mean, it's all about the Jimmys and the Joes in college football. And I just don't think uh, Rich Rod's going to have a whole lot to work with on that side of the ball. So you're looking at a game where, you know, I think 
typically, you know, I, I always look at games and I think, you know, where where could opportunities be for UK to, to show some depth, get some guys in there? I think Kentucky's going to win this game, no problem. But whenever you are working in so many new things and trying to get guys acclimated, I, I could see this being a game, regardless of how much UK is up in the second half, that, you know, some of these starters might go a little deeper in this game. Just where it's the first one, going to work on some things, you know, typically – teams if they're you know if they're in a type of game where they don't think they have to show much on offense to win they won't so I'm not saying you'll see you know Liam Cohen's full you know playbook on display in this game but I do think it's the kind of game where whoever the quarterback is you want to get them acclimated with these new receivers new guys playing along the offensive line I mean there, there are some real I don't like calling them question marks so much because I think there's talent there it's just you know kind of getting guys in a spot where they're comfortable and this should be a good game for that but Missouri I mean I think it's an interesting thing with the FPI Sean because a lot of people are going to pick Missouri over Kentucky I think in this game but but FPI it's about 63 percent yeah which as we go through this list you're going to see that's fairly high for what a lot of people think is going to be a toss-up game so Missouri comes in at 46 in the FPI I don't know if we mentioned this but Kentucky's 40th I don't think we said that Kentucky's 40th preseason FPI but what's interesting Sean when they're 40th Based off this schedule, FPI gives them like basically a 90% chance to get back to six wins. So FPI gives them virtually no shot to win the SEC East, only a 3.8% chance. But they like Kentucky to at least get the six wins. So this Missouri game is one of these games that the FBI is calculating that, that Kentucky should win. And and two teams there that could probably be identified as sleepers, right, in the SEC East if they get off to a hot start. I know a lot of people, they, they like Missouri, and I know some people are high on Kentucky. Uh, going into the season, but then you you lead that into a home matchup with uh, Chattanooga. The ESPN FBI gets Kentucky a 98.4% chance to win that one, but then another big one here, Derek, to to kind of kick off the first, what, third of the season is a, a game against South Carolina in Columbia. The last time Kentucky went down to Columbia, they lost. That was a game where Kentucky didn't have a quarterback that could hold their shoulder or hold their arm up to even throw a pass. Uh, going into this one, Kentucky has a 57.5% chance, according to the FPI, to – and ESPN FBI likes Kentucky to start 4-0. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, this is an interesting team to me, South Carolina. We had Bud Elliott on the show yesterday, and he's talking about Shane Beamer. I, I've been on record here, I think, numerous times. I did, I did not like that hire. I mean, I just – I don't know what South Carolina's doing when it comes to hiring football coaches here lately. You go back a few years ago after Will Muschamp had already been fired by a team within South Carolina's division that is a national championship winning program. If the guy gets fired there, he's probably not going to be a miracle worker at your school that has far less advantages than what Florida had. Um, but yeah, 57.5%. Uh, South Carolina is an interesting team to me, Sean, because I do think they have areas on their team that are pretty good. Like I, I think their running back group will be very strong. Um, you know, Kevin Harris is back. Marshawn Lloyd was supposed to be a big deal down there last season, a former five-star running back who got hurt, didn't play at all. Luke Doty was a highly rated recruit, but he, you know, didn't really impress that much as a as a true freshman quarterback. But that's not to be unexpected, I would say. So I mean I think they have a couple pieces. Uh their secondary got a pretty big addition. They got a kid from Kansas to play corner, I believe. I forget his name, uh, but he should step in right away uh and play. But overall, this should still be a game that I think Kentucky will be favored in. And uh, the one team outside of Vanderbilt that Mark Stoops has done very, very well against in his time at UK. And then this moves us into the middle third here of the schedule. And this is where the ESPN FPI does not like Kentucky. They have Kentucky losing four straight 
to Florida and then to LSU, Georgia, and Mississippi State. Derek, this is the stretch of the schedule. I like Kentucky, honestly, to start 4-0. I do. I, I like that the Missouri game is at home. If you're talking Missouri, South Carolina, I'd prefer Missouri at home, South Carolina on the road. That's exactly how it sets up this year. But then this middle third here, if Kentucky, in my opinion, Derek, the goal for me, and obviously for the program, it's to go 4-0. But if they go 2-2 two and two in this middle four, I really like what Kentucky's doing as far as an overall schedule and how many wins they can get to. They could push nine. They could push ten if they win two of these four. But LSU is the game out of the two between Florida and Kentucky that they give Kentucky a better chance to win, 43.9% ESPN's FPI for LSU, and it's as low as 32.5 for Florida. What do you make of those two? Really interesting to me. Um with FPI because these are both teams that well Florida relied a lot on uh se- well let's say senior pieces guys who aren't there anymore. Uh, Trask was a senior, I think Kadarius Tony was a senior, and I think uh Grimes was a senior. But of course Kyle Pitts went to the NFL early. I mean that was a lot of offense that they've lost that they're gonna have to replace. Dan Mullen has proven in his career that he's a very good offensive coach. He has a way of developing quarterbacks specifically. So Emory Jones will be a different look. Uh, based on what I've read, Florida is expected to be much more of a run team this season, which isn't surprising given everything that they lost um, in their passing offense. Uh, I'm a little surprised it's only 32%, honestly, for UK, given that LSU is at 43%, because there's only a – I mean, there is a seven-spot difference between Florida, who is 11th, and LSU, who is 18th, and the FPI. But I think LSU is a tricky team because, one, they lost so much from their national title team last year. And then some of their best players chose not to play. They opted out. Uh, I mean, if that team has Jamar Chase last year, you're looking probably – I mean, that kid's, wouldn't you say, at least a one-win difference kind of guy, maybe even two potentially. Yeah, absolutely. So – and they went down at the end of the year and beat Florida in the swamp. So this is a team that uh, I think it's a little hard to predict in the preseason. They've recruited extremely well um, under Ed Orgeron. So talent-wise – for whatever reason, I, I know this FPI gives UK a better chance against LSU. I, I just think the way UK plays Florida, typically under Stoops at home, I think UK probably has a better shot in that game. And, two, it's it's wild. I'm sitting here reading your story, and it and obviously both these series are lopsided, but Florida 53-18 to 18 in a series against Kentucky. It's crazy how lopsided that series is, but when you take it into account how it's been under Stoops, it's been one of the most competitive series just from competition and – how the games have played out. Now, obviously, Kentucky's only won one of those, but they've been there, you know, toe to toe with Florida throughout Stoops' tenure. It always he, strikes me too how close that series was before Florida ran off thirty something yeah, straight wins. That's a good point. Yeah. So I'll, I'll ask you this, and we're going to get into predictions at some point here after Media Day and into August. We'll we'll predict the schedule game by game. Do you think Kentucky wins one of these two though? Maybe maybe don't feel like picking one right now, but do you think Kentucky can pull one of those out? It'd be huge, Derek, if that home if, – if especially if, if capacity is able to go 100%. Kroger Field's going to be rocking back-to-back weeks. If Kentucky can win one of these, it'd be massive for the program. I think so, especially if they're 4-0 for that Florida game. I think that's, I think that's a good chance right there that they could pull that one off. But uh, there's, there's some kind of disconnect in my mind, though, between – what I know about Florida and what people must see in Florida because I felt like they're due to take a little bit of a step back. I'm not saying they're going to fall back real bad, but I just think they got a lot that they, and, I, and again, I know Kentucky is the same way. Like every team you got to see some more from, but I, I kind of, I kind of want, 
I'm not saying they're overrated. I want to I want to revisit this later in the year and see if maybe Florida was was predicted a little higher than what I would have, or maybe they'll live up to those preseason expectations. But I do think Kentucky's had a chance, and, and again, I think I would I would probably stick with Florida if they're going to win one. I, I think it could be that one. And that's obviously going to be hot tickets for both those games oh, back-to-back yeah. back weeks. But if you're not fortunate enough to make it into one of those games, I highly recommend you to make it out to the Butcher's Pub. they got three locations, one in Pineville, one in Williamsburg, and one in London, Kentucky. Visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Derek, we're halfway through the schedule here and Georgia is the trip that comes up after a back-to-back brutal stretch against Florida and LSU. This is the one, if you're picking, to me, what win signifies that you've made that climb, it would be obviously beating Georgia. I think if you gave Mark Stoops the choice, which one he wants, he'd pick Georgia over Florida just because it's something he's not done as a head coach at Kentucky. But ESPN FBI doesn't like it. (laughs) 12.2% chance. Uh, They have been competitive with Georgia. Do you think Kentucky is good enough to maybe keep it close and maybe give themselves a chance, or do you really just don't really know right now? Well, I picked Georgia to win the national title, so <laughs> so that's a no. <laughs> Kentucky doesn't have much of a chance in this game. This is another one where you look at the series history and it's kind of got to laugh out loud. I mean, Georgia leads sixty to twelve in this series, and what's really interesting is uh, when I started, you know. I've, really got into watching college football about 2006, somewhere around there. <laughs> Kentucky beat Georgia that year, uh, nearly beat them in 07, played a great game against them in 08, and then beat them in 09. So, like, whenever I was coming up, I thought, you know, he plays Georgia pretty tough. Well, 09 in Athens is the last time Kentucky won a game against those guys. And there's only been a few games here and there. Uh, I remember 2016 was a game Kentucky easily could have won against Georgia Kirby's first year. But since then, unless I'm forgetting one, like it seems like that's been one of the few closer. Oh, 2012, oddly enough, right? Like yeah. Jokers last year, they kind of played them pretty tough that game. Yeah, um, they did. But under Stoops, this is this has been one of the more lopsided series, I believe. Uh, last year was weird. I know it was 14 to three, but did it ever feel like UK was going to win that game though? Last year, despite the how no. the final score was like they just they've never really and then the year before uh, that's what's odd is I felt like in Athens in 2019 I felt like it was a closer game than last year and ended up being a 21-0 loss but UK was tied at halftime should have had a touchdown uh catch uh 
Chris Rodriguez bicycle kicked one into the stands on a fourth down. If <laughs> you remember that in the, yeah. in the pouring rain and, uh, but UK was driving, had a pretty costly penalty. Like I feel like that was a more competitive game than, than last year's, oddly yeah. enough, despite it being a closer score. No, Kentucky never had drives in that game last year that made you feel like they were going to put points on the board. But as you mentioned, in Athens that year with the downpour, there were drives where you thought – and you had a guy like Lynn Bowden that you thought, hey, maybe he gets loose at one point and breaks one. But So Kentucky would be four and three, according to ESPN FBI, after that three-game stretch. And then that leads us into – another matchup that Derek, I don't think this is going to get the headlines and stuff, obviously because they've beaten Mississippi state under Mark Stoops, but they've not won at Mississippi state in a very, very long time. What year was that? Was it 2008 was the last time? Yep. So in it's a series, it's 24 and 24. It's an East West rival. They play every single season. This is a huge game that can kind of shift where Kentucky goes in the season. Just like I talked about the Missouri game early, I think Mississippi State is of equal importance, honestly. And that would be a monkey that, you know, Mark Stoops would like to get off his back. It, it would be a win that wouldn't – I don't think it would generate a lot of national headlines. But to go and end this losing streak at Starkville would be huge for the program and in this series. Yeah, this has become a series that whoever the home team is is going to win. I mean, this series is dead even, 24 to 24 all time. Um but, yeah, Stoops is – he's on four down there. And, a matter of fact, some of those games haven't even been close. 2017, they got beat 45-7. to seven. Um, 2015, I think it was 42-16. to 16. Uh, And then well, 2019 was a weird game because you mentioned South Carolina. Kentucky didn't have a quarterback. Well, uh, Sawyer Smith's injuries got even worse in Starkville. I felt like that was a game with Terry Wilson. Kentucky would have yeah. won in 2019. Um, so this year's game, FPI is a big fan of Mississippi State. I mean, Kentucky only having a 37% chance to win this one is surprising to me. I mean, I know home field goes into some of it, but we talked about LSU at 43.9%, basically 44%. This is saying, you know, despite it being on the road, FPI would be more surprised if Kentucky beat Mississippi State than LSU. And I don't think you're going to find anybody no. saying that, you know. So that's where these computers become a little bit interesting, and I'm glad we're discussing it. Um, but this is – we talk about it with Mississippi State, with Missouri, Tennessee, South Carolina, all the teams that are like you would say in your tier, you can't even think about winning a division if you don't take care of business against these teams. And this is a series that, you know, UK needs to go down to Starkville and win a game. I mean, it's – I don't want to upset. I mean, I got a lot of respect for the Mississippi State athletics programs, and I hope people, if they ever come across this podcast, don't take it the wrong way. But like, I think they'd feel the same way about going to Lexington, don't you? Like, I feel like any yeah. team you don't you don't think you should have a that long of a losing streak against a team that you consider to be a peer uh, on the mm -hmm. road. So I think they need to. This needs to be here that they go down there and and win a game. And and this is one too where Kentucky has to get over the fact of where it's always placed. Like I feel like this game is always sandwiched in a in a bad spot to where in 2007 where they played Kentucky on homecoming in Lexington and it was after Kentucky had that stretch of Florida and LSU that it was Kentucky was due a letdown well when you look at this schedule too Georgia LSU Florida you go to Mississippi State on week four I mean that's you could be banged up when you get to this point so yeah. and then well, and then you mentioned the year with, with Sawyer Smith they had the huge letdown loss against Florida where they were leading and then they go to Starkville and it kind of spirals out of control They've oh, yeah. got to beat Mississippi State 
Derek, but the FPI likes Kentucky to start 4-0 and then lose four straight. Which is more news. which is more likely though? Uh, first four. Yeah, I think it's more likely that they win the first four. The good news about the Mississippi State game is it is off a bye week, but traditionally Kentucky hasn't played that great (laughs) off a bye. But I do almost think in some ways it does come at a good time to kind of reset because, like you mentioned, you have those three games to start October against three probably the three best teams to play on your schedule um, in terms of name brand. So to to come out of that, heal up some bumps and bruises, and then focus all that energy on a a back half that – you're talking about starting four and zero, then going four and four. Kentucky could finish with five straight wins. They could. You know, the FPI doesn't think so, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of UK fans are going to look at the schedule and say it sets up in a way that they can finish strong. Which then leads us into that final third of the schedule here, where you go Tennessee, Vandy, New Mexico State, and Louisville. Starting off with Tennessee at Kroger Field, ESPN FPI likes Kentucky fifty-eight point six percent. Derek, not often does Kentucky or does the ESPN FPI like Kentucky beating Tennessee. Uh, but they do this time around. It, it's a win that Mark Stoops has to have, too, given where Tennessee's program is at right now. A new head coach. You're at home. you gotta, you got to get a two-game winning streak against Tennessee. You have to. Yeah, and like I wrote, that would be the first time since 1976 and 1977 that they won two straight against Tennessee. This has just been a horrible series overall for Kentucky. But, of course, last year, if you look at any highlight, the best moment for Kentucky, no question, was was that win down at Tennessee to snap that losing streak. Um, I want to say outside of Vanderbilt, Sean, just skimming these. Yeah, outside of Vanderbilt and South Carolina. Or actually, actually, yes, outside of Vanderbilt, this is going to hurt Tennessee fans. Outside of Vanderbilt, Kentucky's easiest win, according to the FBI, will be against Tennessee in conference. Wow. Which is – you know, I mean, given what Tennessee lost last year, I can't see a scenario where the FBI did. Lie. I mean, I, 47 for Tennessee almost seems a little high to me for given what all they lost last season. Um, when you look at Tennessee, and I think reading Twitter, reading some of the stories coming out of there, I think the hope that they have this year um, is that they will score points because everywhere Josh Heupel's been, they've put up a lot of a lot of points. And I think the hope would be against a team like Kentucky – is that Kentucky traditionally does not score a whole lot. They kind of play a uh, ball control, or they did, obviously, uh, prior to – we'll see how it goes this year with the new offense. But typically, play ball control, try to limit the opponent's possessions and, and win rather low-scoring games um, in today's college football. Whereas I think Tennessee's hope would be they can just outscore Kentucky in this game. So we'll see if that can actually happen. Um that's, you know, at this point in the year, though, I mean, you're talking about a game that I want to say is in November. It is November 6th. Like, Kentucky should know what it is at that point in the season. Really? You should know what kind of offense you have, what you're kind of capable of. So, this is the kind of game where what you talk about in terms of the preseason and even Tennessee the same way with how much they lost, like, whoever they have will be established by then. So, the deeper you get in a schedule, the harder it is to kind of predict what might happen. Um, but, but this, I'm, I'm totally with you, like – Taken, like they haven't taken enough advantage of how bad Tennessee's been the past 10, 12 years. So this would be a year where you win back-to-back, you can get another kind of ugly mark off. And uh, at that point, it would be, what, three out of 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, three out of five. Yeah. They can get that. So starting, that was starting, to build, starting to build some momentum, and that's what you have to do if you want to climb the ladder in the division. But So ESPN at this point, 
Kentucky would be five and four, according to the FBI. And then you finish with Vanderbilt, New Mexico State. ESPN FBI loves Kentucky in both those matchups, 79% against Vandy, and then 98.9% against New Mexico State. So Kentucky seven and four, Derek, according to ESPN, going to Louisville. The schedule has changed. With Kentucky not playing Louisville last year, in normal years, this would be Kentucky playing Louisville at Kroger Field along with Tennessee and Florida in the same year. I know season ticket holders, if you ask me, if I were a fan, I would love this move because now it breaks up and it kind of evens out the big games at home and stuff to me, like Louisville being in the, the opposite years of Tennessee and Florida. But ESPN FBI does not like Kentucky to win this game, 42.4%. This is the biggest surprise to me. Um, I don't I don't think Louisville is going to be a bad team this year. I really don't. Like I think they're, I think they're potentially a bowl team which uh, I'm not sure where the FPI is figuring this out because I felt like, and again, maybe I should have read the FPI labels a little closer, but I felt like returning production, things like that. And they do have a lot coming back on defense. But offensively, when you lose Javion Hawkins, Tutu Atwell, and Des Fitzpatrick, they, in my mind, have more questions to answer. Like the only thing they have going for them is that Malik Cunningham's back. And Cunningham struggled last year, but he was pretty good in 2019. But you look at what they have at wide receiver, they don't have anybody as proven as Josh Ali or Wondell Robinson. Like, at running back, they don't have anybody as proven as uh, Chris Rodriguez. And, of course, on the offensive line, uh, I do believe Satterfield believes they've got a pretty deep offensive line this year. But I just – I struggle to find areas where I just look at and say flat out Louisville's better in this area. I think you have to give them the edge of quarterback right now just because we don't know what UK really has. But is that one position enough to – to justify this, I mean, 42.4% is fairly, you know, these teams are close. Kentucky's ranked higher in the FBI, just bought three spots. So I think what you're seeing from the computers and maybe even some media, like I think people are going to look at that minus 12 turnover margin for Louisville and say, you know what, that's that's pretty bad luck. It's hard to be that bad. That's going to turn for them this year. So this will be a game, though, and I think if you're on Louisville's side, I felt like that we didn't have a podcast back when this game happened in 2019 and then, it, then they didn't play last year. I think that was a pretty eye-opening experience for Scott Satterfield, or it should have been, uh, when he went up to Stoops and threw the L's down and was complaining about it, and Stoops more or less just, like, patted him on the back. Like, to me, Satterfield seemed very small time that day, and I got to think in his mind this game will mean a whole lot. And I think it's going to mean a lot to Kentucky as well, but I think for him you'll see that – I think you'll see Louisville come in with a little bit different kind of attitude, but – but where I come back to, I just don't know that Louisville's – I don't I don't believe Louisville's roster is better than Kentucky's top to bottom. I think Kentucky's is far superior, actually. So I would be surprised if this game goes the way the FBI thinks. Yeah, I would be surprised too. But ESPN FBI has Kentucky 7-5. and five. How would Kentucky fans feel, Derek, with a 7-5 and five season? The way it's played out on the FBI? Yeah. I don't think people would be thrilled. No. with this kind of season honestly because you don't have any key wins i mean the the one thing you would have is beating tennessee again but again tennessee is not projected to be very good so this this fpi i don't think it shows them picking up any outside of missouri in some ways i guess you could say would be a big win but nothing that really moves the program forward exactly. right exactly yeah i think people are going to want to see uk definitely win one of those three games in october to start I think people would be thrilled. Mainly, I think you look at Georgia – or, sorry, Florida and LSU. If you can find a way to win one of those games, I think people will be thrilled. Because at that point, you're probably winning at least eight games. 
Yeah. So that's kind of your marquee games. But snapping the streak at Mississippi State, I think, would be a good thing too. So the way it plays out on the FPI, I don't think people would be thrilled. But there are certain scenarios where if UK went eight and four or something, depending on who they beat, I could see people yeah viewing it pretty successful yeah. this season. I agree with that. And two, one thing with this: so the ESPN FPI hardly ever likes Kentucky, right? But right. they always outperform the FPI. So if this is a case where they outperform the FPI again, Kentucky's had a really good season. And I yeah. and I think that that's doable. I, I think that if some things fall in their favor and they they don't they just can't afford to lose one of those games that they shouldn't lose. Like last year, they should have beaten Ole Miss at Kroger Field. Mm-hmm. So you can't do that. If you take care of business there and then you go steal one, you're starting to talk about eight nine, and then you see what do they do there? Can they steal two? Then you're talking ten. So. I do think it's possible that Kentucky gets back to a nine-win regular season. I, I like the schedule. If they get some, if they get what they want at quarterback and out of that passing attack, I think Kentucky can win eight to nine. Yeah, and Sean, did you get a chance yesterday to to listen to what Bud Elliott had to say? I thought it was it was a point I wanted to bring up. He, he talked about, and I've heard some other reporters talk about this too. Um, with UK, and I've probably fallen in this line a little bit too. I think there's a thought that. Hey, even if Kentucky doesn't throw the ball that well this year, they can always just go back and hand the ball to Chris Rodriguez. It might not be that simple this year. I mean, you're in a whole different offensive scheme now with the outside run versus inside run, the things that Kentucky's offensive line the past few years were very comfortable with. I do think that's a, a legit, I wouldn't say concern, but it is something to, to at least pay attention to that, hey, maybe the way Kentucky does this thing won't exactly be the same. So I think all of this – obviously comes down to the offense. I think the defense under Stoops and Brad White, it might not be spectacular this year. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying it's going to be a top 25 unit. I think there are enough good players on that defense that it's going to be a solid defense. Like I don't think they're going to get you beat in many games. But it's, it's all going to come down to this offense, finding a quarterback, finding more explosive plays. They've got to you know, put more points on the board. They've got to throw the ball better. If they do that, then seriously, outside of Georgia – it's hard for me to look at any game and say, you know, there's just no chance. So that's what I'm so fascinated to see with this season. I agree with that 100%. Uh, should be a fun season. I'm excited to make it down to Hoover here in a couple of days for SEC Football Media Day. Uh, we're kind of waiting to see if we'll get the local interview with Mark Stoops. If we do, I've already decided that we're going to bring that to you on podcast here on Kentucky Daily. And then Stoops will obviously take the podium and speak on Tuesday as well, Derek. So I know we're both excited to kind of get back to some normalcy with this. We didn't get to have SEC Football Media Day a year ago. Uh, Kentucky will be sending uh, Darren Kennard and Josh Paschal. Derek and I talked about this a week ago. We were trying to guess who will Kentucky send, and those were the two top names. So no surprises there. Two, Two really, really good guys, two good interviews, and then obviously two guys who a year from now could very well find themselves in the NFL. So Derek, I know I'm excited about it. It's going to switch a lot and shift a lot to football. We will still do basketball. Basketball is always going to have news breaking. Things are always going to be happening, but we're going to really transition here over the coming weeks into some interviews with football analysts and some things like that. Uh, Thanks for holding down the show yesterday with Bud Elliott, a solid interview. I'm going to tweet that link out as well. So if you haven't uh, listened to that episode yet, I recommend you to go back and listen to that, or you can find it on our Twitter feeds. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.